Welcome to the latest edition of the College of American Pathologist CAPCAST. I'm Becca Battisfor, Content Specialist with the CAP. In this episode, we'll be hearing from Dr. Cynthia Morthy about her journey to wellness and how she overcame musculoskeletal issues while continuing to practice pathology. While her story is unique, there are aspects that will certainly resonate with other pathologists. So welcome to the podcast, Dr. Cynthia Morthy. Before we dive in, can you give a brief introduction of your current work and your involvement with the CAP? Thank you. Thank you for having me do this and share my story with with my colleagues. So I've been practicing pathology since the last 11 years, um, before which I had completed residency and fellowship training. I currently function as chair of pathology at Northwest Hospital in my hospital. um, And uh, I am a medical director of uh, clinical chemistry, cytopathology and point of care testing. And I also um, oversee the um, finite last question service that we do at interventional radiology. I also participate in, in CAP. I've been active since uh, my residency uh, as a junior member. I served on the CAP checklist committee. And then um, after going into practice, I started getting more active in the college by participating as a delegate from the Maryland delegation for the House of Delegates. And in that role, I was invited to be part of the wellness project team. And and I've been doing that recently, I I believe, last two years. Wow, great. So let's start at the beginning of your story. Can you share when you first started to notice that there might be some musculoskeletal issues? Right. Um, So at that time, I was not thinking of it like that, you know, and I was in the middle of my residency. So it was, I I just thought of it as related to my overwork with the computer, right, the keyboard and everything. And so it first started off, I would say, in maybe 2008 or nine, when I was a resident as uh, wrist pain. And um, I went to see a a doctor at that time, uh, and he suggested that it could be carpal tunnel and Basically, he wanted to inject, um, you know, steroids in my joint, and uh, I didn't want anyone injecting anything in my uh, wrist, so I said no. Again, I kind of worked on, a little bit on my on my uh, posture while I was typing, and um, it kind of ch- reduced by itself, I would say, and that's how it started. Um, and over time, um, I would say sometime around twenty. 17 or so, um, I started developing some elbow pain. So I I had swelling in both my elbows. This was diagnosed as um, medial epicondylitis. uh, So on both my elbow joints. So again, I went to a a different uh, doctor at this time. It was a elbow specialist. And uh, they said that it it could be because of my repetitive um, work that I do. You know, I, I use a computer, I use a microscope, but they did not directly, you know, link it to anything more than that. So, um, and I was suggested to kind of uh, throw away my, my phone and go to Bali for like three months. So, <laughs> obviously, I did not do that. <laughs> At which point, you know, I also I also started noticing that I have a lot of the stiffness in my in my neck and my shoulder, and I was always, you know meddling I mean not meddling but putting my hands up in my in my neck uh, especially at the end of the day and it was just something I started living with it was always with me and so by I would say by 2018 or so it it started to get um, you know slowly worse at that time I didn't connect it to the epicondylitis uh, but I 
tried acupuncture, this would be, I would say 2019, uh, I went to see an acupuncture specialist and I did that for six months. And, and that did give me some relief, although it was temporary, right? It, would, it didn't go away. But once I stopped the sessions, uh, it started coming back again, like how it was before. And then um, I also happened to start meditation sometime in 2019. Um, and I realized that meditation was really helping me. And the longer I meditated, right, 45 minutes, one hour, I would end up with completely painless status, which I had not experienced in, I would say, the past five or six years. I, I was always living with pain. But when I meditated, I realized that it, it would just go away. And it was very temporary, right? Because I, at the end of my meditation, I would be completely pain-free. And slowly, you know, within, within a half an hour or so, I'd start my activities and the pain would come back. Uh, and so that is how I was until about 2021. Um, uh, meanwhile, I also was taking up more responsibility at work. Initially, I started off as, you know, as a anatomic pathologist with being director of microbiology, which went into the COVID period, at which time I was directing micro lab. And we were actively involved in the testing, uh, you know, COVID for our entire system. I was system director for microbiology. And then by 2021, 2020, I would say late 2020, I took over as, as chair of my department here at Northwest Hospital. I have to add that by uh, 2017, I had started taking over this fine needle aspiration service, which was another added responsibility. But uh, it's something I love doing, but it's a different set of muscles I use when I'm doing the fine needle aspiration, right? I use the ultrasound probe and I'm doing a, a aspiration of patients' uh, thyroid and neck um, nodules. So that was added uh, in 2017. And then by 2020, um, I kind of took over as chair of Northwest because I basically wanted to stay in one hospital uh, before which I was doing 50% at one hospital and 50% at another hospital. And, and I felt that that might be adding to the stress of it. So I, I kind of wanted to stay in one place. So I took over as chair at, at Northwest Hospital. And that's where I've been since 2021. Oh, okay. I had a question. Um, you had mentioned that back in 2008, your wrists were hurting and the keyboarding likely had a big impact on that. Did you find that all of these different roles that you were taking on had caused some, you know, being in a different office, in a different chair, different desk setup, did that cause additional pain that you noticed? Uh, the thing is, the pain always used to take a few days to develop. So at any point of time, I could not temporarily relate the pain to some specific thing. Mm -hmm. But I definitely uh, believe that uh, having, uh, you know, a setup here that was my predecessors were both tall people. Um, and, you know, um, I just inherited the furniture and everything. And so I, I definitely considered that. And some of my colleagues had suggested to think about that also. So ergonomics was something I did think about. Um, obviously, you know, making sudden changes uh, is not going to happen. At the same time, I wasn't 100% sure it was directly related to all that. But I definitely think it was contributing to that with the added responsibilities. And so posture and ergonomics definitely have a role in this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You don't discover it until it's a little too late <laughs> and then you have to course correct. Um, so I think you took us to 2021 um, and that's when things started to get worse. Do you want to tell right. more about that? Sure. 
So by 2021, I had just started taking over as chair and it was middle of COVID and we, we had a lot of, uh, I would say this was national issues, right? But it affected every single system. So we had reagent issues, you know, testing supply issues and, and a lot of, um, I would say uh, even within the hospital, you know, uh, operational issues and, and, and in general, it was a little stressful period to take over as chair without any previous uh, experience. So it, 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 it entailed a lot of learning for me, steep learning, and that resulted in me spending long hours at work, you know, um, sometimes 12 hours, 14 hours. I mean, this was, I, I had to do it just to be able to uh, keep on top of everything, you know, and, um, and so uh, at that time, I would say definitely that my, one of the hobbies that I did regularly was walking. I love walking. And I used to be a runner before that, but I stopped running around, I would say, 10 years ago because of my knees, you know, I started developing arthritis in my left knee. And so I kind of brought that down and I, I kept walking. But then during that period in 2021, there was a period of time, I would say, where I could not walk. I didn't find time to to do that because I, I would have really long hours. And, you know, I have a family, kids at home, although they are a bit grown up at that point, they were in, you know, in college and high school. So uh, yes, it, that also added to the to this the stress, the lack of exercise, and especially the prolonged sitting. I would say, uh, looking at the microscope and multiple screens. As you could imagine, I had two screens, um, and so all of that, all of that contributed to where I was headed, which was in October of 2021. I. Um, one day, uh, it was Monday evening, um, I had a long day and I had actually started working Saturdays for the past few Saturdays. I remember that that happening. And so that was another, you know, I, I, I think I was working long and didn't have much of a break. One Monday evening, I went home and um, all of a sudden, I just had this kind of a sudden sharp pain in my right shoulder. And basically my shoulder was was just uh, fixed in a, in a static position. and And, I actually, at that point, I, I thought it was a dislocation, you know, but but I had not had trauma or anything like that. And so I was completely, um, not only in pain, but very scared as to what was happening to myself. I didn't know what was happening to me. Um, I think at that point, I had started, you know, going through these days without even being conscious of my pain. I think I, I was so used to it. <laughs> and, and then, you know, at that time, sometimes what happens is you take everything, your work so seriously that... You don't realize all the other effects that are going on around you and, and and definitely that was happening to me i was sometimes in a daze you know i just needed to get them some things done and i would i would just hang around at work way after you know regular business hours and so that happened on that monday evening and um i i was quite frantic I, I didn't know what was happening i needed you know to get uh, go into either emergency or urgent care and um you know called a couple of my colleagues and try to figure out what's happening you know and it did not sound like a, a fracture or a dislocation because there was no trauma involved but at that time i, I had no idea what was happening and one of my co dear colleagues and uh, co-chairs um, actually made an exception. He saw me in his office. Uh, basically, you know, he couldn't even do a physical examination of me because I was in so much pain. And, and so basically he put me through a, a short course of steroids to see if it was inflammation related. And then he asked for MRIs uh, of the shoulder. 
So that's that's how it happened. And then we, uh, I was like, this is not shoulder related. I somehow felt deep down it was not shoulder related, you know. So I I kind of requested uh, that he uh, give me an order for a neck MRI also, just in case. Uh, and he was very gracious. He did that, and so we we got our MRIs, and the MRI showed that my right shoulder had two foci of large areas of calcified tendinosis. Um, and so basically, uh, you know, I was referred to um, a pain specialist um, that is, uh, you know, musculoskeletal uh, rehabilitation uh, physician. And the focus was to, to get the uh, some kind of uh, physiotherapy for the shoulder. Uh, I have to say here that before I went to the rehabilitation specialist, uh, we had started kind of physiotherapy on the shoulder. We started that thinking this is a shoulder thing because MRI didn't show any neck changes. Um, and, and so uh, it, there was a little bit of narrowing of our disc space and everything they said potentially could be contributing. But basically, I was told the pathology is on, in the shoulder and we started physiotherapy. And, and that's when it got worse. So um, because I was trying to fix the shoulder issues, but this was making it worse because I, I believe that the issue was not in the shoulder and it was more proximal in the neck. So at which point I, I, was, um, I started getting worse. And so I, I stopped everything. I said, no more doctors, no more physic, physical therapists, and nobody, like I don't want any treatment. I just, I, I need to kind of reassess myself, my situation. Uh, why am I getting worse, you know, and what is really happening with me? And and um, obviously I couldn't go to work. So I had, I was off. I couldn't work. I couldn't drive. I could not do my basic uh, activities of the day. Uh, and so pretty much I was in a very low point of my life at home and just thinking and, and you know, assessing and self-evaluating my my situation. What did you notice started happening then once you had all this time and not as much stress physically on you? Right. I wouldn't say the change, any change was immediate because yeah. there was a lot of stress in me because, you know, I, I'm going through this whole thing and I don't know what it is about and how to figure it out, how to fix it. And my right. whole family is now affected, right? Because I'm at home, my husband's kind mm -hmm. of taking care of me. Um, and we all don't know what, what exactly is happening and how do I get back on track with my life. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a, definitely a deep point uh, of my life. I mean, when I say deep, um, deep, but also the lowest point. And what kept me going, at, I would say at that time, was, was my habit of meditation, which I had started, I would say, in 2019. Initially, I would do it for pain relief, right? It would give me relief. And so I started doing more of it, even at that time, even before all of this happened with my shoulder. I, I used to sometimes just go away from my office and meditate for 10 minutes, you know, or within my office, I would do it because it would bring back complete relaxation and that would relieve me of the pain. Um, and so that I, I, I continued to meditate and uh, try to, you know, introspect. And I started keeping notes of my pain. I also start, started looking back into my history and like, how did this whole thing develop, you know? Because obviously, sometimes you're so immersed in your life and your work, you don't have time to think and put things in, in perspective. So I took the time to kind of write notes and, and study myself and, and see what were the actions I could do, what were the things I could not do. I started doing an extensive literature search on what could be going on with me. And then I started yoga, which as a as a 
student, I had yoga as my part of my curriculum uh, throughout my elementary, middle and high school. But I, I had not continued after that. You know, I, had, I, I let go of the practice. For some reason, I went back to yoga. And I, even though I couldn't do some of the asanas, right, I would do yoga because it brought up my, I would say, my psyche. Like it would improve my mood for the day. So every morning, and sometimes I couldn't sleep in the night because I was worried about what's happening and the pain would not allow me to sleep. So I would watch these yoga videos on YouTube. And I found one simple yoga and I would just follow along because I knew all the, you know, all the asanas. That helped in my meditation because that would, that would just kind of calm me down and, and tell me to think practically, kind of, you know, mm. What is the next step? You know, so th that's what happened. And after a couple of weeks, I, I said, okay, um, first I decided I need pain control, right? So I, um, and then my my doctor had suggested I see that rehabilitation uh, or physiatrist. So I did, I did that. I, I got an appointment. And in those days, it was difficult to get an appointment. So I typed my entire history, like my timeline, and I handed it to him when I went to that appointment. And, and then he prescribed me a, a long-acting uh, painkiller, which I started. And so he said, first, you need pain control, and then we're going to figure out what's happening with you. And so that's what happened. We, we started pain control, and then I started interviewing different physical therapists because I had stopped my other you know, physical therapy uh, session. So I kind of explained to the physical therapist that I think, you know, this, I'm a special case. It's not a straightforward diagnosis. I don't know what I have, but you, you know, I need you to be patient with me and willing to work with me, you know, and kind of understand my background, my history uh, and everything, put it all together. And so I, uh, there was one person who, you know, had a lot of experience, like 30 years in, in physiotherapy and she was um, willing to work with me. And basically I took articles to her uh, explaining or, or uh, looking at what I could have. By that point, I had kind of started looking at uh, things differently. And I, I kind of started considering the possibility that uh, this was all neck related and it was related to my work and, and um, all of that. So I came up with this kind of possible diagnosis and I shared some of these articles with the, my physical therapist who worked with me. She was, she was wonderful. She, uh, in fact, my first physiotherapist had told me I, I shouldn't do yoga uh, while going through physical therapy, which uh, I, I, in retrospect, I think um, probably would have been better if I had continued the yoga parallelly. But this person was very much into yoga and she said, um, absolutely, you should continue. She made me, you know, she showed, uh, had me do the yoga asanas that I've been doing every day. She cleared me of that. She said, you should continue them. And, uh, you know, and very encouraging. And she was willing to look at these. Uh, I had some corrective exercise plans from these articles on what I possibly have. And she, she had all those equipments and she, you know, we started working together toward, you know, correcting uh, what I possibly had. And by trial and error and by observing myself, making a lot of notes, I realized, okay, I'm going in the right track. Um, and I had this very encouraging physical therapist with me. And um, that's how my journey started toward, um, you know, healing. Wow. And I, I think it's 
It's very interesting that both that being a doctor both contributed to those issues at first, but then you have all these skills of, you know, having a comprehensive uh, full medical history, taking notes, researching, and that really helped you to get back into that journey of healing. And I think that's just great advice for anyone is to write, write up your history because we know our own bodies best, right? So go going into a doctor's appointment, sitting down, you might forget something. So writing it all down is, I think, such great advice. So by, I think it was May, 2022, you're back at work full time, I think. Yes. So yes. I started in November, the physical therapy and after about... Uh, four or five weeks, I was in a reasonable position to work, you know, part-time. So I came back beginning of January, Mm -hmm. 22, part-time, like two days a week, three, then three days. And by May, 2022, I was back full-time. I mean, it's still, it's still a constant journey of recovery because I, I feel new muscles that I hadn't felt in a long time. So basically what I had was an imbalance of, of my um, muscles, right? Some of the muscles, because of forward-facing work all day, and also because of my ergonomics, my short stature, uh, you know, spending a lot of time on the on the scope and, and the computer, there was there's an imbalance between certain muscles, right? So our anti-gravity muscles, because we're, you know, we, we are bipedal, we walk on two, right? our body is more developed to be on force, right? So our, our back muscles are much stronger. Our anterior front muscles are, are weaker. And when we don't constantly walk, they get weaker. And so there's a, an imbalance between the uh, neck muscles, the posterior neck muscles, anterior neck muscles. Um, and there's also an imbalance between our you know, chest muscles, our pectorals, and, and, and uh, the trapezius and, and, and upper, upper back muscles. So... Severe imbalance causes um, shortening of some muscles and overwork and stress and almost inflammation on other muscles. So there's a imbalance. So it's like if you think of ropes, okay, so the ropes are intertwined, but some of the ropes are getting shorter and the other ropes are longer, but they're overworked. And so it's so complex. So it's not a, it's not a very straightforward, it has a very specific set of exercises for specific muscles. So um, that was a thing, challenge there to figure out these things. Uh, And it's also compounded by, uh, I I would say it's compounded by layers of injury. So, you know, the oldest injury heals last. And and so, uh, and then on top of that are caught a lot of nerves and and, uh, ligaments and, and our rotator cuff and everything is running in this area of the shoulder joint. And and what happens is when you're not when you're sitting for a long time, your shoulder is is uh, in a static position for a long time. And some muscles are overused, some are underused. So there's an imbalance and that affects the uh, this results in some calcific tendinosis. And this is my theory, but I, I think it makes sense. Um, and and so my calcific tendinitis was secondary to all my other other things that were going on with my neck and uh, upper body. It's a good reminder of the fact that everything is so interconnected in our bodies that, you know, it's not just one thing you have to look at. You have to look at the whole picture. 
I'm so glad you said that because <laughs> in today's world, you have a shoulder doctor and then you have an elbow doctor, right? right? And the elbow doctor doesn't look at your shoulder and your shoulder doctor doesn't look at your neck. Uh, I mean, I might be exaggerating, but what I'm saying is the whole human body is interrelated mm-hmm. and it's not just the muscles and the ligaments, right? I mean, even our the stress affects our posture, which again, in turn affects our energy levels. And and that in turn affects, uh, you know, the way we sit, the way we, you know, keep our neck, everything is interconnected, you know, so, so we, that is one thing I've learned in this journey is that we have to always have an overall balance of our health. And we have to maintain a balance between our physical health, emotional health, and the spiritual health, all of that needs needs to be in balance for us to uh, work to our full potential. Yes, yes. And and yeah, you gave a great example too of how yoga and meditation not only provided some physical relief, but psychological as well. And how much that compounds on each other of psychological, physical, you know, over and over. And so once you start finding the solutions, how it compounds in a healing way. Those days when I was really in a, in kind of no man's land. I had no idea what was happening with me and what was going to be the future for me, whether even I would be able to go back to work. At that time, doing the yoga every day kept somehow my cycle, um, kept me psychologically uh, up and uh, gave me hope. Even though I couldn't see the way, I, I kind of felt, oh, I'm able to do all of these yoga asanas. Even though I can't move my right hand, right shoulder, I'm able to do all of these other things. So maybe my body is okay. I mean, it's just, maybe it's something reversible. It kind of gave me hope that, you know, that I probably can Mm self-heal. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's really incredible. So that was back in 2022. And now bring me to the present. It's been over a year now since you're back at work full-time. Overall, how are you feeling? And what, maybe walk through your current wellness routine yeah um so yes i uh, it's like you put on your oxygen mask first before helping anyone else yes um, i realized that i cannot fall apart like i mean i have to take care of myself in order to be able to be a productive human being um to be a, a good mother to be a good wife i mean in, in an overall having a, a full life i i have to take care of myself and so i have simplified my life in in a lot of ways so that i can free up some time for my myself uh just a simple example is i now wear scrubs every day to work <laughs> so it's like it's, it's easy right oh I, yes I, every week i have five sets i i every weekend I do my laundry, I fold them and keep them ready. So every day it takes me very minimal amount of time to get ready because I, I, I wake up early in the morning and I meditate for about 45 minutes every morning. And then I move on. I do about half an hour to 40 minutes of yoga, sometimes less, sometimes more, depending on when is my first meeting of the day or when I have to turn up at work. Um, I have a set of, uh, I have actually come up with my own routine that includes, I start with the meditation and then yoga asanas. Within the yoga asanas, I have certain sequence of which I follow because I have to start with my neck and and relax the muscles there. And then I I do the whole full body yoga. Uh, I have a sequence that incorporates some of the physical therapist, uh, you know, taught workouts. So, uh, 
And then I, once I finish that, I do some weights uh, for upper body. Um, and then I do my home gym, which is, you know, uh, you're probably familiar with it, but it's just a set of ropes that you put on the back on your door and you use your body weight to, to tone your muscles. So I do my upper body workout with my home gym. After all that, I try to do about 15, 20 minutes of walking. Um, all of that happens most mornings um, before I go to work. So then wow. shower and go to work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if I miss one day or here or there, it's okay. But in general, if I do not do my daily routine, like you said, it's it compounds the pain. It it mm-hmm. it, it it gets worse. Um, so um, and then you know I've simplified my office. I have only one monitor now. Um, and you know we are in the process of redoing my furniture. Um, uh, but I do have a standing desk which I stand maybe a, an hour or two every day. I try to take breaks during the day, you know, a couple of hours on the scope, but I work for like 10 or 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Everybody in the department knows that I'm going out to get my steps. So they know where I am. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's, just, it's just part of that. And then, and I definitely limit my day, length of my day. I do not let it get carried away. I mean, there's anything can be done on the next day unless it's an emergency. So that's my policy. I do have a strong, you know, cutoff time for the number of hours I put in a day. And so that's just become now my routine and basically simple life. Do not neglect your physical uh, health. <laughs> that's my <Right>. thing. <laughs> right. Yes. That's such great advice, especially the, the uh, you know, and, and analogy of the oxygen mask, putting it on first so that then you can do your job as, you know, partner, uh, parent and pathologist, the three P's. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I like how you have such a set routine that you do, you know, most of the time, like you said, not necessarily every day can you do it, but most of the time. And you know that that works for you. You you know your body well, that that's what it needs. You know what it doesn't need. You know you know your limits. And I think everyone can benefit from knowing that we, we can find that out ourselves. And so is there anything that other pathologists can do to prevent future issues such as the ones you have experienced? Sure. Um definitely know your uh, limitations um you know one of the things that contributes here is i'm very short i'm you know five one point something you know i add a point five to that <laughs> so i'm very short and i at that time i didn't have that awareness uh, about you know your posture and a lot of times you know you you're a new employee kind of don't want to make a lot of fuss you know you adjust with whatever you have and things like that but but you should be aware of, of yourself and and um, um, so practice uh, you know go over the ergonomics don't take it lightly and you know now there's much more awareness about ergonomics uh, especially in sedentary work uh, style of whether you're a pathologist or a your IT professional uh, or you're a meditator who's a guide you know who's guiding gives guided meditations all day you're sitting on the chair for a prolonged amount of time our body wasn't made to sit on the chair and when you sit it's it's the worst thing for us um you know so and if you do sit make sure your postures is good and you're taking breaks during the day and listen to your body is what i would say if your body is speaking to you listen to it do not ignore and and the other thing i would say is in today's healthcare you know you're not going to get a lot of face to face time with a physician i'm sorry i'm a physician saying this 
So, but on the other hand, we have the entire Google and internet at our disposal. So you can find out any kind of information that you would like, as long as you're looking in the right place. So be aware of yourself and seek help and do not uh, ignore signals from the body. I would say a couple of years ago, me sharing such a, a personal uh, story might be unthinkable, but now I feel like um, it might help somebody, you know, because a lot of us do have neck pain and shoulder pain. We do not share or we just kind of say, oh, it's just me. I'm getting old or whatever. Mm-hmm. Part of it is it might be true, but a lot of it does have to do with, uh, you know, uh, our work. And so I feel bringing awareness to that is, is you know, it's not is not, uh, I would say, incorrect because radiologists um uh, issues with ergonomics is well known. Um, you know, in most departments, most hospitals, radiologists automatically get a sitting standing desk. I mean, uh, so I think as pathologists, we have to speak up for our profession. We have to, um, you know, help our also, we also have, have to help our uh, upcoming pathologists, right? So spread the word and kind of uh, be good to each other. That's all I would say. Yes, I. That's great. Yes, be your own advocate, not only for your own self, but for your fellow pathologists or medical professionals. I think that's great. I want to add that for those of you who might be interested in the meditation and upper body workout that I practice every day in the upcoming College of American Pathologists annual meeting this next October, as part of the Wellness Lounge. And the wellness project team offerings, I plan to give very brief previews of the heartfulness meditation techniques and also a short upper body workout that is geared to a pathologist's workday. So I hope to see some of you in our wellness lounge next month. So I want to thank you again for joining the podcast to talk about your experiences. I know it'll benefit so many people to hear what you went through and hopefully that they don't have to go through it because they've heard your story. Uh, And I want to thank you all for listening to this CAPcast. For more information about the CAP, visit CAP.org.